I am super excited about this episode you are listening, you're going to be about to listening to. I'm going to give you a short roundup of uh, what you'll hear today. So in June, we celebrated the Find Calm Here Community Celebrator two-year anniversary. And in that, we decided that I wanted us to come together as community and in thought around how I started this community two years ago, um, I wanted to have a wellness event for community leaders. So that's what we did. And so that's what you'll hear today. It is uh, a few different speakers. So uh, you'll hear different introductions to different speakers. Uh, They're community members. We have, uh, I start out with an introduction and then you'll hear, um, Leah Light, uh, she does essential oils. You'll also hear uh, Carolyn, who does uh, mindful marketing. You'll hear Nivy, who talks about how to find calm and practice self-care as a community leader. Uh, you'll talk. You'll hear Ani talk about how she helps people with um, pain by helping them uh, alleviate and re- eliminate their pain in uh, their neck, and she'll give us a demonstration. And then you'll have a meditation with Carol, uh, who will end our call. So uh, enjoy this episode. I hope you find it helpful. I hope you're finding calm today. And I cannot wait uh, to hear from you. So uh, let me know how you have enjoyed this episode. Thank you. Uh, Super excited that you're here. Uh, Enjoy this episode. Welcome to today's amazing event, celebrating two years with a community launch back in 2020, bring together community leaders for a little mini wellness retreat, because we are here today to celebrate Find Calm Here, and hopefully you can find some calm today, learn a little bit and enjoy meeting maybe some new people today. We've got some new people registered that aren't members of the community. So the members that are in the room here, please welcome the people here in our small community during this session. Feel free to ask questions in the chat. I launched this thing. I had great ideas and great intentions for it. And then it didn't end up being something that was financially successful. I had a four-hour virtual summit with 15 speakers on Crowdcast. I like to do things to the to the nines, basically. And I didn't have any paid members after that launch. And the next day after that, I went and sat in a park. And I was upset. And I just laid there and was crying. I was just upset about like my life. I was like, what am I going to do next? And at the end of that, after like the next couple of weeks and, and months, people reached out to me and said they didn't know I failed. They didn't know anything about the background. They just saw me massively going out and sharing my message and, and seeing that I was really passionate. And they said, Deb, I want you to help me. Can you help me with my, I have an idea for an online community. And that's where I started to build a consulting business. Carol and Ani and a couple other people know how hard I work to try to figure out how to keep doing this thing called community because I realized that this business and this industry that I joined in 2020 was such a massive, amazing experience for me to be a community leader 
and bring others together online because it's just it's just massively crazy how you can meet people on a Zoom call and never meet them in real life and they can be, become your best friends. And Carol and Ani and and so many other people are that way. I keep pointing them out because they're like right in front of my screen. <laughs> and they were here from like day one. They were here before day one. And we met, what happened was, is the, the Fine Column Here community moved from a wellness community to a community for community leaders. And I actually led what was then called the Mighty Mastermind. After six months, we had met every week to talk about community building. How do we make this community thing happen? How do, we, how do we bring people together? How do we create engagement? How do we have great experiences? And through that whole journey over six months from June, and we met every week in, until December of 2020 with community leaders. And that experience allowed me to realize and understand the challenge that others have, not just the challenges I had, but the challenge that others have, and that they have such a great message. And they get, just get stuck in the tech of everything. They get stuck in just a million things, the setup or, you know, what my message is, who I bring together, why, and what the value is in that, and how you can charge for it, how you can ask people to give their hard-earned money to be a part of this. And so I launched the Mighty Mastermind in January officially. We had that was a was a really great success. I learned so much from that that we built what is called now the growth seats that we each got to present our community ideas and our structures. And from that experience, I learned so much more about community on top of the fact that I had been a community manager, a community leader. This whole journey now has come around to say that community leaders know that it's important to support each other. And that's what we do inside the Find Calm Here community. What we know as a community leader is it's about the connection and the community itself. And the people that we bring together inside the community, during the book clubs, during the accountability calls, and all the other events that we're going to start doing live interviews every month, um, we all have a mission and a message that we want to share. And we know that we want to hold space for people so they can be seen, valued, and heard. I am going to pivot this over to Carolyn. She is going to share with us mindful marketing for your community. We're going to talk a little bit about her experience with leading her own community, which I'm a member of, which is amazing. Today is really about how do you share your message mindfully. So Carolyn, I'll let you tell the rest. Awesome intro. <laughs> I am a social marketing nerd. I started my company, BadX Enterprises, in 2015. I love business owners. I love communities. That is where my heart is. Grew up with two parents who owned their own businesses. So in my mind, that was the only logical path forward, right? Love the flexibility, bringing people together, all of that stuff. BadX Enterprises is a social marketing company, and my focus is organic growth that is mindful, right? Like mental health positive social media use, because we know how detrimental social media and the internet can be to how our brains function, just on a functional level, right? Not even to talk about emotional damage and everything else. So with social marketing and your community, you want your community, no matter what, to be a healthy space, right? You want people to go there, whether you're for wellness, whether you're focused on something else, whatever, you want people to go to your community to be supported in some way, and you want them to go there with healthy behaviors. 
you don't really want necessarily, I'm just making vast assumptions about everybody here, but you probably don't want the angry basement dwelling keyboard warriors who are online all day, very upset about everything. That's not healthy in any community, right? Even for them, like they should be doing other things to support their mental health. So how do you mindfully send the message, spread the word about your community in a way that's still really supportive of not only your mental health, but your potential members, right? Like you don't want to be encouraging people to be constantly plugged in. So super brief, obviously, I could talk about this forever because I love communities. (laughs) These are the number top three things that you should be doing to develop a really mindful strategy, whether it's for your community, for your brand in general, these are going to be fairly universal. Okay. So first Deb kind of touched on this a little bit. You have to know who your members are. You have to know who your ideal client is and you have to do your homework before you start doing any sort of community building, planning for marketing, any of that. You have to be really real with yourself. And sometimes it's a little bit, it's a little bit of a a soul journey (laughs) to be realistic about who you're working with. So I've worked with a lot of different clients across a lot of different industries for marketing strategy. And I've had several different instances where a client is completely convinced that they're going to work with this type of person when in actuality their products and services are aligned to somebody who's very different and they don't want to admit that or make changes, right? They're like, nope, this is how I want to talk about my brand. This is what I want to do. I'm like, then you are consistently going to attract the wrong person. So for some people, it's harder to let go of preconceived notions they have about who needs them, who needs their community, who's going to engage and who's going to go through it. The best way to do that as Deb will tell you, and she's very skilled at doing this, is to ask people. (laughs) You have to do homework, interview potential clients, interview potential members, know kind of what the transformation is that your community will offer. Think backwards about, okay, who would want to undergo that transformation or engage in that sort of growth? And then find those types of people and ask them. And if you keep getting negative response or like, they're like, oh yeah, that I wouldn't really need that. Adjust the sample, adjust the audience and keep going until you find who your ideal client is. That's before you do any marketing work. You have to know the people because that's what the community is made of. We don't care about the content. It's about the people. And if the right people aren't there, (laughs) it's going to be no fun and a problem. So the second tip I have for you today for mindful marketing of your community is to plan content that provides value and that's like such a marketing buzz phrase. And so not only does it provide value, this is where it gets very magical for your community that models the behavior that you want within your community. So we'll use my, my community as kind of a case study for this. So I'm a social marketing nerd. Most of my social media presence is about different social marketing strategies and tactics. I'm always asking questions. I'm always asking people to weigh in, to send me messages, to tell me a story about that specific topic that I'm sharing. 
Those are things when people get into my community, which is called Bad Axe Biz Club. When people get in there, they it's not optional. They have to do that to participate. They've already been primed to know like, hey, Carolyn's going to listen if she asks for feedback about something or if she wants to hear our biggest struggle, she's going to weigh in right away. One of the first things you do when you join my community is you're asked, what is your current biggest marketing struggle? And when you answer that, I'm immediately either sharing a link to one of my YouTube videos or a resource that I know about. I'm replying to that because I want that first interaction that people have within the community to be a reward for the behavior I've already modeled on social media, right? Replying to me, telling me what's going on in their lives, being vulnerable, as soon as they're in the community and they interact with the behavior we've modeled on social media, I want them to get a reward. I want them to have a solution right away. doesn't always work, but sometimes, most of the time, it does. And they then know, like, right, okay, so they've been commenting, replying. Maybe we've had a few messages. I'm like, hey, you should join Biz Club. It's free. It's neat. And there's a lot of resources for you there. They join they have a, a struggle that they share. They immediately get that little benefit, right? Right away. The third piece, if you're figuring out, you know, I have my content figured out. I know who my ideal client is. I know what's going to happen within the community. So what's that external marketing piece? Where should I show up? Obviously, when you have your ideal client defined, it's easier to figure out where they are online. So where to show up, but I would always suggest to pick platforms to focus on that have a longer lifespan for your content. Community is not something that happens in a day or two days. It takes a very long time to build. If you're committing to building a community, you're committing to the long haul, right? So if you say, make a few Facebook posts about it, maybe a couple LinkedIn posts, things like that. The lifespan on a social media post is so small, like a day or two. Now, if you make a YouTube video that has a really search engine optimized, because YouTube is owned by Google, a very rich title, very keyword heavy description, and it solves a problem that you're going to solve even deeper in your community, you will constantly be attracting those people over a much longer lifespan with your content. That's not to say that you shouldn't or don't need an Instagram or Facebook presence or anything like that. Just be aware and be very intentional with where you're putting your most time and effort and resources. Bugs, YouTube, even Pinterest, because it is a search engine, that content has a lot more life than just posting on Instagram or just tweeting. The three tips that I have for good foundation on being really intentional with your community marketing. For social media marketing, you hear a lot of times it's all about creating content. That could be like a full-time job unless you have a VA that does all that or social media marketer that does that for you. Gary V says post 100 times a day or if you hear other people that their thing is, if you don't have anything value to say, don't say anything. What do you think from a social media marketing perspective? Are we like, what we should be doing? Yeah. So 
Number one, always think analytically, right? A social media platform wants people in it longer, wants people to stay on it longer. That's unhealthy. It's not good for your brain. It's not good for your people's brains. So how can you use it in a way that supports you, supports your end user? For me and for most of my clients, the strategy that I suggest is figure out a frequency that you can be consistent with. So consistent doesn't mean constant. Consistent means if you're like, I know I can have one really amazing post per week that's just really rich with information, with whatever, that's just a really good post, I'm going to do it. If you're like, no, I could do it daily, that cadence feels really good to me, go for it. But just keep in mind, it's for the long haul. And more and more, I'm seeing you know, Instagram, Facebook, even with the rise of TikTok, video is the content that gets the most love and pushed out the most. So to me, I'm like, if I'm making videos, I'm putting them on YouTube because it's backed by the most powerful search engine. So for starting at the beginning of this year, I've really focused on that as a platform for my business. And it's amazing the level of attraction I've had for, you know, it's not massive. I'm just starting out, but how videos perform well weeks after they're posted and the reach that they get versus an Instagram post that's like maybe two hours of performance, like two hours versus hundreds of hours of performance. To me, I'm like, you know, my time is my investment. Sure, I could hire people to make content for me, but I have to interact on that content. No one is me. No one knows my business as well as I do. So I'm still going to have to go in. If I have a VA posting for me every single day, I'm still going to have to check in every day. No, thank you. Knowing what you want, the amount of time you want to spend on social media, like physically spend on it. Because even if you schedule posts in advance, you need to see if there was a comment. Check in on those things. Know how long you want to spend. Be really real with it. One thing I do is I grid out 24 boxes on a piece of paper And then I color in like, okay, you know, representing the 24 hours in a day, I need to spend eight hours sleeping. I probably spend two to three hours eating. I want to hang out with my kids for this long and I want to knit for this long. And then, you know, you kind of work in and be like, okay, my working hours are these. How much of that time do I want to spend with clients? How much do I want to spend on social media? I view it more as like the human perspective, right? Sure. Posting it a hundred times a day probably would result in a lot of followers, but those are followers that are going to demand constant attention from you. And that's not, (laughs) that's not what you want. So I hope that answers the question. Thank you so much, Caroline. What amazing tips. There are so many people creating content just for creating content's sake, instead of why content is the purpose of it and with the thought behind it. (laughs) So I think that a lot of people don't take that time. You end up working against yourself too. When, When you are just creating content to create content, you're wasting your own time. You're wasting people's time. They're not gonna view you as important or high value because you're just putting garbage out. Whole soapbox, but yeah. 
I'll end on that. Carolyn's in the FinCom community. So all the members that are here in the FinCom community, please connect with Carolyn in our space there. Ask her follow-up questions after this event inside there. And Carolyn is going to be hosting a live interview with us for the Community Strategy Podcast coming up. Continuing with our Community Leaders Wellness uh, Retreat, we're going to hear next from Leah. So listen up for Leah. She lives uh, near me in Pennsylvania. She has this amazing ability to bring calm into a physical space and a virtual one. And just she's a joy to be friends with. She teaches me so much about essential oils, kinder to myself. So I'll let you introduce yourself, Leah. Thank you, Deb. You know, I'm always so much in admiration of how you have an idea and actually make it happen and can really bring people together. And Carolyn, that was really, really helpful information. So thank you for sharing that. Oh, one more thing I wanted to say, Leah, you had told me, do you remember what you said to me in 2020? No. <laughs> you said to me in 2020, you said, Deb, when I was talking to you about what I'm going to do with, with Finecom here, you said, Deb, I envision you being on a stage and speaking to people. And I'm like, no. <laughs> and you are. And guess what? I was just in Orlando <laughs> speaking on a stage about community to people. That is so, so cool. Thank you for thinking that that was possible for me two years ago. Awesome. Of course. <laughs> yeah. So a little bit about me. My name is Leah Light, and I got into the more natural approach to life because of different experiences that I had and different problems, basically, that I had ever since I was a child. And I didn't want to just keep putting band-aids on symptoms. I wanted to really get to the root cause of what was happening and heal myself. And I believed that that was possible. And with essential oils, they're like one tool kind of in your tool belt that you can use for different things. And I'm going to jump right in because there's a lot that I could cover. And I picked some of the top things for supporting remote work. That's what Deb has had asked me to talk about today. And there, well, first, is anybody here familiar with essential oils? Could you like raise your hand if you, okay, that helps me gauge. And if you're not on video, if you want to put it in the chat, you're welcome to say that you've never used essential oils or if you use them every day or a lot of people are somewhere in between. Okay. <laughs> So there's three ways to use essential oils. And the first is aromatic, which is maybe the most common. And when you're using an oil aromatically, what's happening is it's actually going into your limbic system, which is like our emotional center. So if you have essential oils, you can just take a drop in your hand and rub your hands together and breathe it in. And that's called the human diffuser. And I just put a drop of wild orange in my hands and it's like walking through an orange grove field. It smells amazing. And scientifically, it's really cool too, because what happens when we breathe in a citrus oil is right away, you can see on a brain scan that our serotonin levels rise. 
And serotonin is like our feel good, one of our feel good hormones. So that's really good to keep us going and motivated throughout the day to use a citrus oil like that. And then let me see what else. I made some notes for myself. Other ways that you can use oils aromatically are in an actual diffuser where you just put a few drops of essential oil and then water and you can put a mist on. And that's really great to set your mood for the day. Maybe <laughs> sometimes we all have things that uh, we have to do that we don't really want to do. It might be the more mundane things. So you might want something to really like perk you up wild orange and peppermint together is amazing for that because peppermint is really invigorating and like gets the oxygen flowing and a drop of each of those in your hands like that or in the diffuser is great, especially if you're uh, one of those people who likes afternoon coffee or needs it, but you're trying to cut back, that's a good substitute. And then of course, aromatically, you can also use things to calm you down. Sometimes there are things that happen throughout our day that you can feel your nervous system start to rise. Maybe your heart rate rises or you start getting warm and sweaty, things like that. So lavender is all things calming. Pretty much everybody has heard of lavender and it really is a very, uh, calming plant that we can access for our mind, but also for our skin. I just got sunburnt yesterday and I was beet red. So I lathered myself up with some lavender and I was amazed when I woke up this morning. I don't know why I'm still amazed every time because I've used essential oils for, I guess, eight years, but they really, really work. You just have to open up the bottle and use them. And the other one that I wanted to talk about with calming is balance, because balance is a really great one for grounding. It's a blend. And Deb, I think, likes balance a lot. Right, Deb? It's one of yeah. my faves. And actually, I have to get some more because I'm out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yeah, balance is a blend that you can use morning, noon, and night to just center yourself it is also known as the grounding blend. So whenever you need to kind of go back to the drawing board, maybe your day has gotten thrown out of whack. You had your priorities when you got to your office in the morning and then things just come up and you have to like come back to center and refocus. That's a great one for that. Does anybody have questions or anything that they'd like to add? Okay. And then the second way to use essential oils is topically. And what you can do whenever you're using essential oils topically is mix it with what's called a carrier oil. And we call this diluting. And I always thought whenever you dilute something, it makes it less strong. But actually, when we're diluting an essential oil, it's called a carrier oil. And my favorite is fractionated coconut oil because it's very like non-greasy. You could use olive oil if that's what you have, but then you're going to smell like olive oil and it leaves more of a film, like a greasy film. And the fractionated coconut oil does not have a scent and it absorbs really nicely into your skin. And it helps you get more bang for your buck because you can stretch the essential oil further. With topical use, you want to use that more whenever you have something like you're really trying to work on, I, 
or what am I like a focused concern? Like if your shoulder hurts, you're not really going to think you want to breathe in deep blue, but you want to rub it where it hurts basically. So speaking of this is deep blue rub. And this is the product that got me into doTERRA essential oils because this absolutely honestly changed my life because I've had chronic pain and fatigue ever since I was a child. And it would be so bad, especially in my neck that I wouldn't be able to turn my head. I'd have to like turn my whole body and call off work because I couldn't even support the weight of my head. And using deep blue rub consistently is such a game changer for me because like I said earlier, instead of just sticking a bandaid on it, actually getting to the root of the problem and deep blue has frankincense in it, which helps to treat inflammation. And I also love frankincense because of the co-impact sourcing story. doTERRA always is very, very mindful about what oils they're providing for us and where they're sourcing them from. And sustainability is the most important thing. So sometimes people will ask me, Leah, why doesn't have doTERRA or why doesn't doTERRA have rosewood essential oil? I love rosewood or Palo Santo is a really popular one that I'm asked about too. And it's because it's not sustainable for the planet. And that's what the co-impact sourcing means partially, but it's also whenever I purchase a bottle of essential oil, it benefits me and it also positively impacts the people who grew the plants, harvested them, distilled them. doTERRA really takes care of the growers. And I really want to go into more of that, but I don't have time for that. But if you want to just go to YouTube and look up doTERRA co-impact sourcing and a bunch of videos will pop up where you can find out about the different oils and frankincense is one of my favorite stories with that. And then lastly, three minutes left is internal use. And this is only with doTERRA oils because essential oils are an unregulated market. So anybody could just decide that they want to start their own essential oil business and they go and buy essential oil from a broker and they can label it however they want. So they could label it and say it's 100% pure. And that doesn't mean that it is because they don't even know what they're buying. And oftentimes the brokers will put synthetics in to stretch the oil further and make more money. So with doTERRA, you can use their oils internally, but not every single oil. You would be able to tell because like this is a bottle of lemon, which I put in my water pretty much every day. And right on the bottle, it has the supplement facts label. And that's how you know if it's recommended for internal use or not. And citrus oils are really great, like I said earlier, for our mood, but also as a gentle detox. So that's why I like to drink it in my water because no matter how many toxic free products we have in our home, like cleaning products and things like that, even if we've switched all that over, we're always breathing in toxins from car fumes and everything like that. So just every day, keeping up with a gentle detox with citrus oils is really great. 
And then also with that, water is the most important thing. Pretty much every time I meet with somebody and we go over their health concerns, they know that they need to drink more water. And it's a lot easier when it tastes amazing (laughs) by putting some essential oil in it. So feel free to reach out to me to discuss your health goals. If you'd like to do that, I would be happy to chat with you one-on-one about that and come up with a personalized wellness plan for you. You all wish I could stay with you, but I really appreciate being here for this time. Yes. Thank you so much for the presentation. Great tips. Essential oils have definitely been a game changer for me annoyed some of my coworkers when I was in the office space, but (laughs) I have my Clary Calm with me right here today. And um, I had the diffuser going earlier. So yes, I always recommend. And Leah is very kind with her time. So if you want to just chat about essential oils, she's always happy to talk. Thanks everybody for listening to the Community Strategy Podcast today. I am going to split this up into two episodes. So what you just heard is part one. And then uh, the following week, we will share with you part two. uh, Because this was such a a long, it was a two-hour event. We did edit it down a bit, but um, I'm going to split it up. Uh, So you're going to hear in the next episode, you will hear from Nivi and Ani and Carol. And so... We look forward to sharing part two with you next week. Enjoy the rest of your day. I hope you are finding calm in this day, morning, evening, afternoon, wherever it is. Find calm until the next time. Take care.